Hi, I'm Nick Kyrgios, and you're listening to ATP Tennis Radio. Hello, welcome to Melbourne Park. It is Saturday the 13th of January. Now, I wanted to say in my introduction that it was sunny, but it's not. It's raining. It's been raining all day, which is why I'm speaking to you from inside the commentary box, which looks out onto the Rod Laver Arena, which has the roof shut such is with it's not that cold outside but it is wet which is causing havoc with qualifying as i speak but around us this really is the calm before the tennis storm there are finishing touches being made because there is a lot that is new this year at melbourne park and for the players the holidays are over pre-season is complete and the first titles of the year won the question that we're going to try and answer is who'll be walking away with the biggest tennis prize of the new year so stay with us and keep listening to the atp tennis radio podcast Hello and welcome to Melbourne. My name is Gigi Salmon. I mentioned that we're sitting in the commentary box. So if you hear the odd thud, they will be the balls of Misha Zverev, who's currently out there with his dad, with his mum. The whole family's out there going through his practice session. Now, earlier today, the court in front of me, as I look out the commentary box window of AO Radio, was full of 15,000 people because it was Kids Tennis Day. We had some superheroes. I saw Thor. I saw Spider-Man. And I also saw Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Milos Raonic and Caroline Wozniacki having a little sort of mini tennis tournament together. It is also media day, which means the top players are carrying out press conferences and speaking in one-on-one interviews and then speaking to the journalists from their home countries. And I mentioned at the top, it was and it is qualifying. They're a little bit behind due to the weather, but someone who can tell us a lot more about that is fellow ATP tennis radio commentator, Peter Mercato. Hello, Peter. Hello, Gigi. Now, the thing is, yes. welcome to Melbourne, firstly. It's Thank great you. to have you back here. I haven't here. even been here 24 hours, so everything's a little bit hazy. Well, that's why I'm thinking when you sort of wandered into superheroes' territory, whether you actually, you know, were no, actually just happened. seeing things or that it actually did but happen no, that here. happened. I promise. <laughs> it was Kids Tennis Day Now you're here. making me doubt myself. No, that happened. But it did happen. Yes. Good. I'll, I'll help you out here. I mean, if, folks, if Gigi just wanders off, just nods off halfway through, I'll try and wake her up to get her through this podcast. You won't, though. You'll just keep talking. I know. That is your speciality. <laughs> if there's anyone that, listened to, anyone that listened to Tennis Radio last year, if there was a rain delay, we'd all be like, oh, there's a rain delay, there's no tennis. Peter got very excited because that's when you sort of came into your element. And I, and I must say, it did get loose at times, but that's okay. You know, I, I, but this is going to be straight down the barrel. As you know, Gigi, I, I've just got to be incredibly serious when we do things like the podcast. <laughs> well, basically, if, if Peter asked me a question... And if I don't know it, I'm not going to ask for the answer because that's when <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when things travel down roads. And and for people that I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to podcasts, you do listen to ATP Tennis Radio. But we have gone off down road, and it's another rain delay. But luckily for us, there's a roof, which means and and while I'm sort of finding my tennis feet after the closed season, you've been enjoying the Australian tennis summer, so you're up and running. Yeah, I have been. Yep, two weeks already, and uh, beautiful weather in Perth for the the Hopman Cup. Obviously, the events happen all over the place, in Doha, uh, in India, tournament there, Brisbane International, down to Sydney, Auckland at the moment. It's just great build-up, not only on the, the main tour, but also the challenges. There's been a real opportunity last week for the players who were going to enter qualifying to find some form, but they've gotten to Melbourne Park, and unfortunately the weather has turned on them. There's been long delays. I mean, yesterday, Friday, uh, there was about eight hours washed out. The players were hanging around hoping for an opportunity to get out on court. We're playing some catch-up, and it's quite rare that we actually have qualifying going through to the day before 
the tournament actually begins. And looking at the draws, I mean, it, it, there's quite a, a good spread in the top half and the bottom half of the qualifiers. But maybe a bit of rain expected sort of early on Sunday. We'll get them through no problems because we're using the indoor courts and Margaret Court Arena. But potentially one of the qualifiers could end up playing Grigor Dimitrov first up on the first day. And that's going to be a very quick turnaround if they're only just finishing their matches late into the afternoon on Sunday. That would be really tough. I just want to jump in because I mentioned that we're watching from the AO Radio commentary box. We're in such a privileged position, especially because today isn't open to the public, so it's only people who work here. And in front of us, the amazing sight of, I mentioned it was Misha Zverev's practice, but it's his mum and dad who are currently hitting balls. Now, Misha's taking video, he's taking photos, they're swapping things around now, but it's these little things that you get to see when you're in a position like this. And that's actually, and we know they're a very close-knit family. They all play tennis, but that was quite nice to see. It is. And, I mean, obviously, Alexander Senior quite a good player on on the tour and then his sons have come through as well and obviously you've got to love tennis and enjoy getting out there and having a hit i think it'd be horrible sitting there as a coach and just sitting there not actually doing anything it's great to get out there and just get active and plenty of court space out there on the rod laver arena i've got to say the site looking particularly magnificent and can i just give a quick insight to start off with yeah. watch for the umpire's chair the chair on uh high sense margaret court arena and rod laver arena starts down at ground level and the umpire straps themselves in, pushes the button, chair goes up. It's like it's not a clay court. They'd be going up and down quite a lot, (laughs) wouldn't they? Imagine if the button got stuck. (laughs) So that's going to be a little thing to to watch for, for to see the umpire strapping themselves in and pressing the button and hopefully getting some sort of elevation up to the height. You mentioned the new chairs. Have you seen the player's zoo suite? I haven't. I mean, I know it exists. Yeah, I went past it today. And? It... Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's a room full of soft toys that represent the animals of Australia. <laughs> so your koalas, your kangaroos. Now, I know every year there is a chance for players to hold a real koala and there are snakes and things like that. But basically the players can go into this room, it's like Christmas, and they can just pick a duck-billed platypus if they really want one. I mean, it's, I've just seen, I saw people walking around with soft toys and I thought, what on earth's going on? And then I happened across the room because I've got lost a couple of times heading towards, because I should say that we're working, normally work together, but we're not working. I'm with the BBC this yeah, year. You've you're gone, with, you've just, just left me behind, essentially. With, we're, we're, we're sort of side by side in terms of commentary boxes. <laughs> but, so, and everything else. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> <laughs> So, near each other. Um, <laughs> but on my way here, when you were busy doing qualifying for the World Feed, yes, you've got lots of different hats here. Um, I, I happened across. I happened across the room. Wasn't allowed in. Not a player. Can't have a soft toy. But it's just one of the things that makes this the happy slam. And one thing we should mention that a large part of this podcast is going to be dedicated to the time capsule, which is. A Well, it's kind of like a Peter Mikasa production, right? Yes. Last year, I thought, well, since we were sort of rolling through and getting to the O2 and building up a wonderful season of tennis and we wrapped it up and, and the broadcast towards the end of last year, I highly recommend you have a listen to in terms of wrapping up the season. But looking ahead, why not make some predictions at the start of the year from, from our team? And there's uh, eight criteria that we're going through and, and hide them away in a time capsule or some sort of receptacle. Very small receptacle. There's a, there's a little 
can hear that in the background there. But That makes it sound a lot bigger than it is. It's huge. And open it up at the end of the year when we get to the O2. If we haven't lost it because it's so small. Once, <laughs> once you bury that, I'm not sure you'll ever find it again. Well, I'll need the hardworking producer's address. I'll mail it to him. Now, shortly, we will begin our look ahead to the first Grand Slam of the year. We are going to get to it. But earlier today, I had a chat with AO Radio editor and a member of the ATP Tennis Radio commentary team, Chris Bowers, who began with some exciting news. The ATP and Tennis Australia have arranged for AO Radio, which is the official commentary service of the Australian Open, to be broadcast live on ATP Tennis Radio. So it means that ATP Tennis Radio listeners can hear pretty much every ball of all the most important matches over the fortnight. Well, for those who haven't listened to AO Radio before, what can they expect over the course of the next couple of weeks? AO Radio is based largely around the Rod Laver Arena. We tend to follow all the Rod Laver Arena matches, but if the Rod Laver Arena... Uh, program falls short and there's normally a gap between the end of the day session and the start of the night session and there's other matches going on we'll pick up those but by and large you get everything on Rod Laver the best of the rest that's still going on after that and then the night session on the Rod Laver Arena again. And you have a real mixture of people and voices working for you and you also like to have a little bit of fun. We'd like to have as much fun as possible. Many of the people who we've got will be familiar to listeners to ATP Tennis Radio because a lot of the commentators are the same. We try to get one Australian and one non-Australian on air at all times because that gives a flavour of the tournament but also a flavour of the fact that this is an international event as indeed the whole of the tennis circuit is. So uh, we, we hope that catches the, the fact that this is where Australia meets the world in tennis terms. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Enjoy the tournament. I certainly will. Now you are a fully integrated paid up member of AO Radio and that is it's good news and it's exciting news that it's now going to be on that platform ATP Tennis Radio. Absolutely I mean we've been doing I've been doing AO Radio well pretty much since the start it's been going about 13-14 years and it's just wonderful I mean we talked earlier about the commentary position that we're in how lucky we are We're, we're sort of positioned if you imagine it uh, we're down one end of the court. We're at sort of ankle and knee level for the players. We're set down, but we have a great view, unless the lines people sort of come across us. But one of the best seats in the house, and it's an incredible privilege to do it. And obviously bring you the excitement and the fun of um, AO Radio, of the Australian Open, not only on Rod Laver Arena, but also we do get around to the other courts as well to give you the full flavour of, of what's going on. And there's so much happening. AO Radio, it's, it's a great service. It really gives you a flavour of the tournament. And you will have the opportunity to feed back into that as well. So we look forward to all your questions and comments and all sorts of things coming through. And we've got a great team who are going to be working on it as well. So make sure you stick with us. Shall we get stuck into the first Grand Slam of the year? <laughs> I think we're about 45 minutes in. I think we might as well wander into it. As a ball struck the window <laughs> of the commentary box, just telling us to get on with things. It's tough to know where to start because I think at the end of last year, there were so many questions left hanging in the air. We needed answers to them and they basically revolved around those injured players. Now, we've got the answer to one. There is no Andy Murray. He had keyhole surgery on the hip. He's going under rehabilitation now. And it's it's a tough one, isn't it, with Andy Murray? He, he tried, Peter, to go the non-surgical route. He went the six months and said, this is what I'd prefer to do. But obviously, he travelled out to the Middle East, played an exhibition there. He came out to Australia. But he just realised it wasn't where it needed to be and surgery was the only option. I think the thing that sort of everyone looked to was when he actually put the message up on his social media and he had the photo of young Andy and talked about the passion to play. I mean, 
these guys do it and you look at them and go, gosh, they've got plenty of money. They don't need to be out there doing it. What are the motivations? It comes down to that core element of a love of the sport. And, and particularly with Andy. I mean, Andy cares. He cares about the sport, not just himself, but also what happens on the ATP Tour, what happens on the women's tour as well. He is a massive fan of tennis week in, week out. Yeah, okay, he's, you know, he's got a family and, you know, those sort of pressures come into it as well. But at its core, he's a competitor. He wants to be right at the very top of the game. And at the moment, his body's not allowing him to do that. And it's incredibly sad because it's all those questions of, you know, will he come back? Won't he come back? If he does come back, will he be the same player? But, I mean, he's got a good grasp of his body and what he needs to do to be right at the very top. So not just coming out and playing a match and maybe winning a round. He rates himself on, can I go and win major tournaments? And if he can't do that, and his body's not allowing him to do that, then, you know, that's the only option he's got. And I think it's incredibly sad that he won't be here and, and playing because he's such a, he's a great personality in the game. I mean, yes, he's got that dry humour that he has, but he just brings something extra to all the different personalities we have, particularly in that top 10. And I, I really hope he comes back. I mean, we're not going to know for a little while. He's had the surgery here in Melbourne. He'll go home and spend time with his family and sort of reassess as we go along. But I, I really hate when players can't go out on their own terms, when they can't make that decision and go, right, I'm going to stop now. I mean, he said, he said, I'm not finished yet. And a big motivation for him is his eldest daughter, Sophia. He said, I love it being on tour and you see uh, players with their children, they're watching them. He said, I, I'd like Sophia to have an understanding of what I do and the work I'm putting into it. He will come back at around 150. He has a protected ranking so he can get into the tournaments. And the guidelines he's been set is, what, seven to eight weeks before we can start hitting balls and probably a 14-week program of rehabilitation. And he has said that he's aiming for the grass court season, but he's also backed that up with... I'm not going to come back until I'm 100% ready. He knows as, as the body gets older, you've got to wait. You've got to make sure everything is 100% right before he comes back. That's it. I mean, the, the, and particularly with this injury, you can't take any chances. But the signs are positive. It's not a, oh, we'll wait and see. Oh, you know, I'm going to take some time to reflect. It's, I'm coming back. So at least he's got that positive motivation. I mean, it may not be the grass court season, it might be the hard court season, or it might be the last sort of quarter of, of the ATP tour that he comes back and slowly works his way into it. But the key thing is, is that he wants to do it, he, where he's hoping, fingers, toes, everything crossed, that he will be able to do that, and he comes back and becomes a fixture right up the top echelons of the game. And then after that, he can make his own decisions as to how long he continues on for and I hope it's for a long time. No, Kane Shakuri he made the decision that he wasn't going to be ready to come back in Australia. The interesting thing for Stan Vavrinka and Novak Djokovic both former champions here, Vavrinka said in his press conference today, Saturday that he only made the decision to play today after practice and he's had a couple of knee surgery and a little bit of a shoulder problem. He hasn't played a competitive match since Wimbledon and Novak Djokovic, six-time champion here, he pulled out of his warm-up tournament so he too has has not played a competitive match since Wimbledon. I mean, these are two big guys, big players, big names, former champions here who are coming into this tournament without a competitive match under their belt. Yeah, the big concern for me is that idea of it being best of five sets. The dynamic changes somewhat. Yes, they've got lots of experience there and theoretically they could probably work their way back in. Novak Djokovic has Donald Young first up. I mean, that's a tough assignment. Donald Young had a, a pretty good 2017. 
and for Vavrinka, he's got Ricardus Barrancas. So they're not going to be easy matches first up. Yes, absolutely, they are winnable for players who have come in with a bit of a warm-up and certainly had a, a stack of tennis towards the end of the year. The question mark is, will they be rusty? Will they be able to assert themselves early? What happens if it goes five sets? Does the lack of match play become a factor there? I think there's a lot of questions with that. And the other thing too, I mean, Novak Djokovic comes into this event and he's down the seeding list. He's so, not. Isn't it strange to see that? He's seed 14. He's right next to Stan, who's seed nine in the draw. And it is weird to see that because he's in the sort of similar section of the draw to Zverev, to Dominic Team, these younger players who have come through and taken his place while he has been off the tour. And then, of course, if he does manage to get through, Roger Federer is in his particular half of the draw. We're projecting a long way ahead, I know. But it's going to be a tougher path for him. Hopefully he's in the right frame of mind. Certainly the matches he played at um, Kuyong in the, the exhibition event there suggest that you know, he's playing okay, but under the pressure of Grand Slam tennis round one, particularly if it's hot, it's going to be hot later in the week, will he be able to win those seven matches? Now, with Novak Djokovic, the other thing it's going to be interesting with these two players. So for Stan Wawrinka, we don't have Magnus Norman in the Wawrinka count, yes. which is first time in a few years. For Novak Djokovic, Andre Agassi had a snowboarding accident, fell on the shoulder. He flew in this morning. He came on the flight from LA. So he's here. Radek Stepanek is also in the Djokovic camp. But the other thing to look at is the remodelled Djokovic serve yep. to try and protect the elbow as much as possible. The thing is, when you do make a change, dramatic change like that, I mean, he's had all that time to be working on it, which is great, but it's such a massive change to, to your game. And it sort of indicates that you're still worried about the fact that the elbow could go at any time. And that, that, to me, is a concern. But to be able to affect that and to do it consistently, it would be amazing. I mean, look at the high, look at the first serve percentage from Djokovic across the tournament, however long he plays. If he's able to keep a high percentage, that's amazing. To have transformed your serve and to still be a weapon out there, I think it will be amazing. Yeah, I have to say, when they were out on Rod Laver Arena as part of the Kids Tennis Day, I was just watching him serve. Again, I was in this low-down ankle-height position, a commentary box, and I was just looking at the take-back and how he's adjusted it, just not to take it back down as far, because he pulled out of a warm-up tournament because he said the elbow's not quite right. So it's going to be fascinating. This guy knows these courts better than anyone. He's a six-time champion. Because the thing is that we talk about the top players and what do they rely on if they're in trouble? Their serve. And so if this is not tested under match conditions, I mean, will he have the same sort of confidence in that serve than what he had the, the millions of other serves with the, the original action? I mean, that, that's a question mark for me. I'll be very interested to see how he does it. Now, I was going to draw-wise go top then bottom, but as we were speaking about Djokovic, they're in the bottom half of the draw. And wow, when this draw was made, just throw out a few other names for you who find themselves in the bottom half. There is Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic and Stan Wawrinka, as you mentioned. There is David Goffin, who got to the finals in London. There is the world number three, Sasha Zverev. There's Juan Martín del Potro, who lost today in the final in Auckland. And there is Dominic team it is that is not the half of the draw that you want to be drawn into no and then think about the other names that are there as well i go down to gail monfis who is unseated for this event who's in the same part of the draw as uh, a couple of next gen players tanasi kokonakis who is back 
finally playing a preseason, which is great. Uh, he's got Daniel Medvedev, another next-gen player who's, uh, you know, work in Sydney. He's gone deep into the, the Sydney tournament. Um, Fabio Fanini on his day can can turn it on and very experienced. Um, one of the matchups for me is Thomas Burdick against the young Aussie, Alex Diminar, who has just had an can enormous start. Can you see Diminar continuing that? Or is it he's on home soil, he's having this wonderful time, this 18-year-old. Can you see him pulling that confidence and, and taking it through the year and really kicking on? The interesting thing is he's working with Leighton Hewitt and that's obviously been a huge influence on him. He's got a great temperament out there on court and he's building a big game. I mean, he'll grow into his body. But the key thing is, though, Gigi, is that he actually spends most of his time in Spain. He works overseas. He's not based here in Australia. And so that, to me, says that he's playing... He's playing on clay, too, so look out, clay court season. And I think if his body's right, he'll play now. He'll have the ranking to be able to get into the 250s. Yeah. So that, and has a run at the Australian... I mean, there's too many what-ifs there, but, you know, he's got a tough tough assignment against Burdick, but Burdick could be worried considering the form that he's in. Karen Hashinov, another player that has uh, arrived on the scene. He's got a qualifier first up. Juan Martín del Potro, Francis Tierfo as a matchup. I watched TFO in Adelaide. He played the exhibition event in Adelaide. And I was really impressed with the way he played against Tanasi Kokonakis. He was badly beaten by uh, Marcos Bagdatis. But he turned that around. And I I like the temperament. And he's got a big game as well. So that's going to be a fun match, I think. And then you look at some of the others. Feliciano Lopez on his day. Milos Raonic. We're not talking about him. Well, I'm going through the entire Well, he's another one of those who's just come back from injury and he's played a little bit more than the others that we've highlighted the Vavrinka, the Djokovic but but where is Raonic at in terms of the match fitness and, and his confidence yeah but the key point with this and it'll be the same with the top half too Gigi is there are some cracking matches well, here which two players are going to come through from oh. the bottom half the draw <sighs> is in front of you well Federer so then that knocks out all the players there although your favourite players in that part of the draw uh, one of them anyway. And in the top half, I'm going to say Sasha Zverev. I think he's going to have a breakthrough. I mean, the big question mark over him has been his work at the slams. He hasn't been able to make that breakthrough as yet. So this is the opportunity for him, and I think it'll be here. Okay. I'm going to go for, well, I've picked El Potro to win the whole thing, so he has to come through. Therefore, the bottom half of the draw, which will mean no Roger Federer and no David Goffin. Yep, ding, ding, ding. That's what I was alluding to. (laughs) (laughs) Alluding to there. And I'm going to say Novak Djokovic. I know there's a lot of question marks and I know the elbow and the new service action, but he just has so much confidence when he steps out onto these courts. Right, top half. The top half of the draw is made. Rafa Nadal, he's not going to assume anything, but nope. there must have been a little part of him, a little part that was jumping up and down thinking, that's okay. It's not a bad draw, is it? And if you just throw out a few of the names in the top half, Rafa Nadal, John Isner, Marin Cilic, Gregor Dimitrov, Nick Kyrgios, Joe Wilfred, Songer, Kevin Anderson, and that is just a, a few of the seeds in the top half. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to get, I think he's going to get through. I mean, you, one of our other favourites here on ATP Tennis Radio, Diego Schwartzman, is in that particular section of the draw. And we love Diego, the little battler from Argentina. I still think he should have been at London. <laughs> <laughs> what is an alternate alternate? <laughs> but then you've also got uh, Marin Cilic. So these players here, because all the big storylines about who's coming back and who's at the top and all that sort of stuff can quietly go under the radar. Do you believe, Grigor Dimitrov, the confidence that he's taken from 
winning a Masters in Cincinnati and then winning the Tour Finals. Do you think, and there was the epic with Nadal here in the semi-finals last year. Do you think he can win this tournament? Do you think he can win this tournament this year? Do you think everything is now in place? Yes, because we go to 12 months ago here, epic against Rafa Nadal Incredible. in the semi-final. One of the matches, one of the matches of the tournament, obviously the final Matches was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Just the high level of tennis. He's going to need to do that again for seven matches. He's got qualifier, qualifiers to start off with should he get through that stage. And then interesting because Andre Rublev is in his particular little section and he's got David Ferrer first up. Isn't that an interesting matchup between the young and the not so young? And if Rublev's able to get through that, I, I'm very impressed with Rublev. I, I'm not going to go back to the time capsule just yet, but stand by because I'm going to make a prediction about Rublev. That's not going to be as obvious as he's going to be the next gen winner. Then you got Songa, uh, Kevin Anderson, new coaching setup for Kevin Anderson. Let's see how that that's faring. Um, you know, Luca Pui, and then you've got Jack Sock, who surprised everyone by winning Paris. And then, well, not he, you, because didn't you predict him to win London? I did. He did. I got so semi final. I was halfway to London, and I found out he lost. Had to turn all the way back. It was horrible. And I can't have an Aussie sitting next to me and not speak about Nick Kyrgios, whose press conference I actually listened to today. And it did sound like a very different Nick Kyrgios. I know that's easy to say because he's won the title in Brisbane and the tournament hasn't started yet, but he was saying all the right things. Yep, and pressure, it's just the pressure of playing at home in the moment. He loves playing on the big stages, but there is that pressure he puts on himself being in Australia. It has that special significance for him. So we'll see how he fares. I mean, Rogerio Dutra Silva first up and then either Victor Troitsky or Alex Bolt in the next round. So he's got time to work into it and Joe Wilfred Songa in his particular section. But one thing, one matchup I do want to talk about, Gigi, is the one between Denis Shapovalov, yes, Australians can pronounce it properly, and Stefanos Tsitsipas, next gen versus next gen. That is going to be a popcorn match. I'm locking that in. That is going to be a brilliant match between those two. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio podcast with Peter Mercato, part of the ATP Tennis Radio commentary team here in Melbourne. He's working for AO Radio and the World Feed. Myself, Gigi Salmon, alongside him. Before we move towards the time capsule, your winner for the Australian Open. Because it'll throw the time capsule out of whack, I'll need to stick with what I've picked here on my page. I think you will. Okay, thank you. I mean, theoretically, I think it's written down, but we'll just make it up as we go along. Federer. I think, Roger, I watched him at the Hopman Cup. Yeah. And the preparation looks like a carbon copy of what we saw this time last year. I mean, I was expecting him to win the title. Now that expectation is there. I think he'll do all the right things. He's so experienced in these situations. And there's no real chink in the armour from watching him play. He was so impressive. Again, in Perth, it's the ideal preparation. Everything will be exactly the same, except maybe where the locker rooms are. But... Apart from that, I, I, he has to go in his favourite for me. And you might need a couple of seconds so I can tell you who I've picked, but I'd like a, a dark horse. Now, uh, now I don't don't give me someone in the top 20. Right. And even though it would be a surprise if 18, 19 or 20 won the Australia, but, but and this might just be to have a good run. This might be just to knock out a few people. I've gone for Filip Krajinovic because I've mastered <laughs> Krajinovic oh, finally. No. And he got to the semi-finals in Paris and his coach ripped his shirt off. And I just thought that was such a great story. Maybe, maybe he can do something here. Still not a lot of people talking about him. Can he take that confidence? Maybe, maybe not. So I will go for Philip Krajinovic as my... And as it's not to win the Australian Open, it's just to maybe go deeper. If he got into the second week, 
that would be a dark horse doing well. So I can't pick Rublev. No. no. Okay. If they're not in, they've got to be someone who's not in bold on my draw sheet. So you not can't seeded. Pick a seed. It's hardly well, a dark horse if well, you're I a can. seed because you have expectations as a seed. Well, I can. You can't. Okay. Fine. I won't. <laughs> have it your way. Uh, I think. Gee, I, I go back to that Shapovalov Sitsipas. And which of the next gen players is going to make their mark here? We've got Daniel Medvedev as well, Hashinov. There are a lot of players. Diminar. So I think the winner of that match, I'm going to go with go with Shapovalov to get some momentum into 2018. Uncharted territory for him in terms of the expectation coming in now that he, his ranking has risen. So let's roll the dice. The dice have been rolled. Our dark horses <laughs> and our winners have been picked. I'm going for Juan Martin Oh, yes, Del that's Potro right. I'm to ask you. you to, <laughs> that's right, you already did. To win the title. It is time now, though, for the time capsule. As mentioned at the start of the podcast, this is a Peter Mercato idea. Mentioned it in passing. Hardworking producer Russell liked the idea. Caught fire. It, it caught fire. Everybody has submitted their predictions. We have a box with a lock and a key. The, 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 it's a very small Ooh, box, despite the sound. The box will be staying in Australia. Peter will be bringing it over when he comes over towards the back end of, of next year. We'll open it up towards the end of London. Do I have to give you the key? Um, so in case I tamper oh, I, yeah, with what's in there? we should separate the key and the box, I mean, I've we? swallowed one of them for safekeeping. I'll, I'm not going to swallow it, but I will take the other key okay. for safekeeping. And right. we'll, we'll put it in the ATP Tennis Radio HQ. Yes. In an envelope, sealed, and that's where it remains. Okay. So this is time capsule time. If you'd like to get involved, we'll just buy another time capsule and put your predictions in that. At ATP Tennis Radio on Twitter, there are eight categories to go through. But before we reveal ours and some of the highlights from other members of the team, let's have a listen to what ATP Tennis Radio regulars Miles McLaggen and Naomi Cavaday had to say when our reporter Seb Lozier put them in the spotlight. A lot of brain power has just been expended over the last five to ten minutes. I think you may even call it cramming in an exam sense, but Miles McLagan and Naomi Cavaday are ready with their time capsule predictions for 2018. Miles, your year-end number one. Going pretty safe. I think Rafa again, as I mentioned earlier, the, uh, you know, the build around the clay court season, uh, he's in good form. Naomi? I think Fed is going to be number one. And I know that he's playing a restricted season as he did, as, well, I'm sure we expect him to as he did in 2017. But I don't think Rafa's, Rafa's going to clean up as much as he did. So I think Fed is, is going to take number one. I've gone Zverev. I'm going crazy out there. Year end doubles number one. I'm going to go with the, the relatively young uh, continent and peers. I think they, uh, you know, they can really light things up. Uh, few changes in, in doubles teams always so they, they seem a, a pretty solid pairing so I'm going to go with those guys I agree Continent and Piers um, I, I just thought they were fabulous in London and I think they're a really strong pairing and I, I think yeah I mean it's difficult with doubles because of the scoring system it's tough to get the sort of domination we saw with the, the Bryan brothers uh, you know years ago um, with that tiebreak third set I think there's a lot of change which makes it really interesting um, so I'm not saying they're going to dominate and win all the slams and win all the tournaments but uh, yeah I think they'll be number one okay that is relatively easy compared to what we now do which is to predict the eight players to make it through to the Nito ATP finals in London at the end obviously of this long and grueling season so Miles your eight players to start to make the draw at the O2 
Well, the first few can rattle through pretty quickly, I think. Nadal, Federer, Zverev, Dimitrov, Goffin, again, I've been talking up, got to put him in there. Uh, Del Potro showed some good form. I think he's going to be helped by his ranking and his draws more this year. He'll be in the mix. Djokovic, I think, comes will come back hopefully fit. He's just too good not to win matches. The last spot I had to wrestle with myself a lot, and I think just through sheer quantity of play, Dominic team. Naomi? My order would be Fed, Nadal, Del Potro to be in strong at number three, uh, Dimitrov, Djokovic, Sverev, team, and Goffin. Wow, see, it's easy if you just put your mind to it. Yeah, I mean, Easily yeah. done. Top eight predicted. So I'm not going to ask you to name your eight next-gen players. That, that is, would be very difficult. But the, the requirement is to name your next-gen winner in Milan. As, as we talked about, he'd already made a stand for it, uh, Andre Rublev. I, I think he's he's going to have a big year. The only thing that slightly surprised me is he sort of that he mentioned that he was going for next gen and not going for, for for London. But if he's, I think if he continues to improve the way he is, continue to work hard and is focused on it, how can you look any further? I've gone Rublev. Naomi. Well, I was torn between two, um, but I won't sit on the fence. It's fine. But I'll let you know I was torn between uh, Shapovalov. Um, I think he could uh, He's he got could to play it at it. least three times. Oh, exactly. Still, exactly. I think he probably wants to win it, so he won't you know, have to keep, keep going back, although he might, he might win it three times in a row. Who knows? Um, but uh, because I've backed him to do big things this year, and I've talked a lot about him, and I even talked a lot about him at Next Gen last year, wasn't even in it, I have to go with Tsitsipas to, to take the title. I'm not... 100% convinced he will take the title but he's just a name I want to throw out there as much as possible for people to uh, get a grip of him and his career and uh, get on board and it would be wonderful when's the last time we had a really top Greek player oh it would be fantastic and we know that uh, fans from that area of the world are, are really strong uh, Marcus Bagdatis uh, who's he's still playing uh, but he's enjoyed you know huge amounts of crowds uh, you know being a Cypriot but uh, uh, yeah that would be fantastic it's passed down in Australia there's a lot of Greek fans down there Next on the list, breakthrough player of the year. And I think we can be slightly creative with, you know, what breakthrough means. I, I don't think they have to come from outside the top 100, but Miles, who's going to make a breakthrough for you 2018? We could be creative, but why should we? <laughs> um, again, I was a little bit torn. I, I think I'll, I'll cover, um, I think, Zverev, because um, I think he's going to have a big year. But uh, my, my answer is going to be Francis Tiafo. Uh, a lot of talent worked hard uh, he's sitting you know around the between 17 and 80 at the moment I think he uh, he could have a couple of big results and really just um, of the young guns make himself uh, make himself known I've gone for somebody ranked 225 currently Riley Opelka I went for Riley Opelka <laughs> I didn't know he was ranked 225 but well he's yeah. been as high as 125 but I mean there's I mean surely he's got to go up from there I mean he's he's way better than that he will burst into the top 100 um, and I think we will see a lot more of him and I just think he's if, you, if you're out of the tournaments if, you, if you're at any of the events and you get to see him he'll probably be in qualifying absolutely get to his matches because it's a treat comeback of the year hardworking producer's gone for Vrinka I've gone for Djokovic, Mars. I've also gone pretty safe, Djokovic. I think uh, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be strong, and uh, yeah, I think you know if, if Nadal won comeback this year, so I think uh, Djokovic got a little further to come back than Nadal had because he what did he take off two weeks at the end of last year, <laughs> Nadal. So uh, uh, Djokovic is my man. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I had one originally, but that is also my headline of, of the year. So we're going to just save that. But uh, my comeback will be, uh, will be Djokovic. Um, I, I, I think... Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. I think everybody expects and anticipates him to come back really, really strong. Um, there's no reason why not. The elbow injury, yes, it's, it's difficult to come back from. But in comparison to some of the other injuries that we've got, wrists uh, and backs and hips, I think they can be really, really difficult to come back from. An elbow is a little bit more manageable. We can manage the pain a bit more. So I think Djokovic. Headline of the year. Hardworking producer Russell has gone for none of the big four winning a Grand Slam. That would be fairly remarkable if it happened toward the end of the season, obviously. What about you, Mars? That, that would be remarkable. I am going to... I think one of the big four retiring. We've been so used to seeing them around for so long. Uh, I think we, we won't see one of them next year. You, you're not going to be drawn on who it's going to be. You're just thinking one of the four. Correct. It's safe. It's, it's bland, even. That's me. That's me. <laughs> Naomi? Well, I've gone safe as well, to be honest. Um, I think that uh, Leighton Hewitt's going to make a comeback. <laughs> well, you know, I think he's going to put himself in for some Davis Cup matches. And, uh, I the think... Marion Bartoli of the men's game. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think that... Uh, I, mean, he, I mean, no one loves it more than Leighton Hewitt, do they? So I, I could see that happening. Okay, right, we're, we're into the real, realms of fantasy, it seems now, but let's haul it back. Uh, finally, our Grand Slam winners in the men's game and our London champion at the NITO ATP Finals. Uh, Russell, for the record, hard-working producer Russell has gone Dimitrov, Team, Kyrgios, Del Potro, Zverev. Um, I think we're still in the realms of fantasy, but Miles, bring it back for us. Yeah, I've been safe with the other ones, so I've decided to push it out there. I'm going for Rafa for the French. Fed for Wimbledon. <laughs> I think Jocko, that's why I've given him, uh, you know, he was in my comeback. Uh, Outlandish so far. Comeback for the year for the US Open. But where I have pushed it out ever so slightly is uh, Zverev to start and finish the year with wins in Australia and uh, in London. Oh, wow. Naomi? You're so adventurous, Miles. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> I've got four different winners for the Slams. I think, well, Dimitrov's going to win the Australian Open. Nadal for the French, Fed for Wimbledon. I know I have been a little safe with this, but, you know. Um, I think Del Potro's going to win the US Open, uh, which I think he's getting stronger and stronger, being helped by his ranking as well. And I think he's got a really good chance, which is why I put him in my lineup for London. Um, and to win London, I'm going to say Del Potro. So having listened there to Miles and Naomi, I, Miles, I think he's played it pretty safe. I mean, the one thing which he said at the end, not doing his tournament winners in order, was Sasha Zverev, who's never made it to the quarterfinal of a Grand Slam. He believes not only will he make it to the quarterfinal of the Australian Open, he will win the tournament. And I think for Naomi, what stood out was headline of the year, Leighton Hewitt makes a comeback. Well, if you wanted to sort of get yourself in with the Australians, I think that's the way to go about it, Naomi. Very nice. And, I, you know, she, she loved coming down here and playing in Australia. Nathan Hewitt playing doubles with Sam Groth, retiring Sam Groth. Will it be the start of a wider comeback? I don't think that'll be the case, even though players like Novak Djokovic and the like are saying he should come back and have a go on the double circuit. I think maybe sporadically, but not a full-on comeback. 
Okay, right. So we're going to run through ours. I'm going to ask you what your ones are. And also people get to hear the questions and we'll throw in a few of the, the best of the rest from members of the team. And we've both got their answers out there. So let's start with who have you gone for will be year end number one. Come the end of 2018, who will rule the roost? Oh, see, I've got a problem here because if I say this, you'll start yawning and the jet lag will kick in because it's going to be so boring. Rafael Nadal. Well, I've gone Roger Federer, so it's not much more exciting. So then we turn to, to <laughs> hard-working reporter Seb, who has gone for Sasha Zverev yes. to be the year-end number one. Yep. Richard Connolly went for Rafael Nadal as well. I mean, looking at some of these, Simon Campbell's Rafael Nadal. Barry Cowan went Novak Djokovic. Hello, Baz. Uh, Chris Bowers went for Roger Federer. Nick Lester went for Novak Djokovic. So there's a few there. Grigor Dimitrov for uh, Jill Krabus. As number one. Year number, end, one. number one. Okay. Yeah. Year end number one doubles pairings. Yeah, I, again, are going to go completely boring here and go with Cubot and Mello because obviously they're a fine combination. But I also want to say at the end that Marcelo Mello quite rightly finished at number one in the world. I have gone for Kubot and Mello too. So we agree. It, it, it's, it's, it's a tougher one, as, as Naomi was saying, with the doubles in terms of the, the format of the matches and, and can you go on a deep run? I know a few people I've spoken to that may not have given predictions, so they would love it to be um, Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez to, to come out on top. Continent and Piers has been quite a popular Popular. Pick. Pete Hodges, uh, Nick Lester, uh, Lee Goodall. The name of you. Nick McCarville, though, he's a sensible judge. He's gone with Kubot and Mello. Good man. Lovely. <laughs> right, so I think Cubot and Mello, probably in Continent and Piers, they seem to be the, the top. Oh, and, also... and hardworking producer. We've gone two from two. Hardworking producer and I. Oh, really? And I've seen there's, there's a, I think there's a Lopez and a Ram in there somewhere. Uh, I'll have to find there's it. A pairing that's that's gone for, I think it's a Lopez and Ram combination. Harder working producer, Abby, has gone with uh, Delpo for number one. Really? Mm. And I think he's gone for Federer for every other answer apart from the doubles one. <laughs> I what does she likes? <laughs> I, think, I, th- I, think from, I think from looking down there. Federer, Federer, Federer. <laughs> yeah, I told you. So she hasn't gone for Federer for the eight players for London because we need to have more than one. So it doesn't have to be in any kind of order. It rattle off your eight for okay, London. Okay, I'll be quick. Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Sasha Zverev, Goffin, Del Potro, Dimitrov and Rublev. Oh, I see. There's your there's yeah, your replay of me. That was a sizzle I sold before. Mine has mine has been maybe a touch on on the boring side. I've got Federer, and again, no particular order. Federer, Del Potro, Goffin, Djokovic, team due to the weight of matches. Yep, the team yep, plays yep. likely not be there. Sasha Zverev, Dimitrov, and Vavrinka. Right, your next gen winner. Yep, Stefanos Tsitsipas. The same. <laughs> And I think there's a few others. Na- so. Naomi's definitely gone sits a pass for next year. Uh, Simon, though, Simon's gone Alex de Meneur. Yes. Well, that's going to be my next one. We'll get back to that in a moment. Um, Shapovalov from Lee Goodall, uh, part of our team. Uh, sits a pass for Nick McCarville for Rupert Bell. Hello, Rupert. Happy New Year to you. It's gone Shapovalov as well uh, for Barry Milnes. Milnesy, isn't he? He's magnificent. Barry Milnes has gone for Rublev to take out the next gen. There. Breakthrough player of the year. Criteria open for this. I've gone Alex Dimina. I've gone Stefanos Tsitsipas. <laughs> Which also Nick Lester has gone with. Lee Goodall going with Dimina in terms of a breakthrough. Barry Cowan going with Nick Kyrgios. 
Sitsipas for Simon Cambers. And uh, looking at some of the others here quickly, Richard Connolly has gone with Hyun Chung to be the breakthrough player. Yeah, I think all good players in there. Comeback player of the year. Well, and this is also a little bit. Yeah, sort of... and so I've taken that as far as it can possibly go, and I've gone Novak Djokovic. Back, so have I. But back to the top five. Oh, not so good enough just to not good Our enough just to come back. Are very similar, and they're both scribbled down very separately. Yes, doesn't mean we're going to get any of these right. But um, if we go, we go to lose. We're going to lose together. We're going to lose together. We are going down <laughs> together. So we've both gone Novak Djokovic in terms of the comeback. And just uh, also with, uh, as I look through my notes here, there's, there's a lot of paper here. Arvin Palmer has gone with Djokovic as well. Same with Simon Cambers, Barry Cowan. I think Djokovic was the popular choice. Chris Bowers has gone with uh, Djokovic. Same with Nick Lester. Same with Lee Goodall. We're all sticking our necks out here, folks. Jill Krabus has gone with Nishikori. Well done, Jill. Tanasi Kokonakis for Nick McCarvel. Nishikori for Rupert Bell. And for Barry Milnes, Novak Djokovic as well. Headline, and we shouldn't forget, yes. sorry, I've got to remember, mention uh, our good friend Met Brown, who put his in a little bit late, but he's gone Djokovic, and he also went Wu Yi Bing for the breakthrough player. Well, that's interesting, who won the singles and doubles junior championships at the US Open last year. Headline of the year, yours is Peter Mercato. I've got to read my own writing here. Injury toll allows new faces to emerge. Now, Nick McCarvel, Djokovic returns to number one and wins at least one slam. It's not the catchiest of headlines, but it, it does what it says. Yes. I like, I like hard-working producers one, though. Hard-working producer has got uh, Kyrgios wins Wimbledon. My headline is Murray returns from hip surgery to win Grand Slam title. Ah, see, now he's headline. Sorry, I was reading off your screen, and your screen has better notes than mine. Mine's all paper. The new Fab Fours, Kyrgios team, Dimitrov and Del Potro, sweep up the Grand Slams between them. I like it. Yeah, again. I'm not sure it's going to be accurate, I'm not but sure, I like it. But it's fine. I, I say I've got Murray winning a Grand Slam title on his return from hip surgery. And finally, the winners of the four Grand Slams and then London. You have gone. Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Sasha Zverev and Grigor Dimitrov. I've gone Del Potro, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray... Well, I had to really go with Murray, having said in my headline he's going to come back and win one. And then Federer in London. And uh, some of the others uh, that's, wow, Pete Hodges has gone for Rublev to win the US Open. Um, some of the other ones, uh, Steve Pearce predicts a good year for Grigor Dimitrov winning the Australian Open and also the year-end in London. Obviously, hardworking producer has gone Dimitrov, Team, Kyrgios, Delpo and Zverev. And for Miles... Palmer has gone Nadal, Nadal, Federer, Dimitrov and Djokovic. So they're, they're just some of the names that our team have come up with. Um, Barry Cowan's gone with Zverev, a winner for the Australian Open and also Kyrgios for the NITO ATP finals. So there's some of them there. Some are remarkably similar, but there are a few differences. I'm not sure how we're going to work. We'll get a subcommittee together to work out how we calculate all of this. Well, at this moment, I'm going to hand over my handwritten 
piece of paper. It's very ceremonial, this, it to is. Peter Macasso. This will be folded up along with all the others, along with your scribbled piece of paper. Yep. That is going to go in like that, so no other changes is can be made. I was able to so read it. Before these go in, Peter, just a huge thank you for taking the time. You're, you're in between qualifying and getting called from your boss saying there's this match to cover and that, and we're tucked away in the bunker. So thank you very I'm much hiding. for being part of the ATP Tennis Radio podcast. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully we get to do it again soon sometime. And you have I a good tournament as well. Thank you very much. So I will leave, and the noise you'll hear in the background Oops. will be Peter putting together the predictions. It is the smallest of time capsules I you'll ever see. It. And once it's done, I'm going to take a picture and post it on the ATP Tennis Radio account so you can see just how small it is if they fit in. Right, so that, that is all from us. We're going to continue to disagree about what's going on and right. Peter has the Whoops. important job if they fit in of sealing the predictions in the time capsule and he will keep it safe until London. I'll take a key back home. We would like you though to get in touch with yours. We'll find a, a bigger tin to put them in at ATP Tennis Radio on Twitter. It doesn't even have to be all eight but if you feel strongly about one of those categories that we won through we would love to hear from you. Now we're going to have plenty more for you at the end of week one of the first Grand Slam of the year when I expect that some of our questions will be answered and a fair few of us will have our first time capsule prediction wrong. Make sure you listen to the ATP Tennis Radio channel with the next two weeks courtesy of AO Radio as we've been discussing. You'll be able to hear live ball-by-ball commentary from the Australian Open on the ATP platforms including the website and ATP Tennis Radio will also be bringing you daily updates from here at Melbourne Park which will be available on your smart speaker so if you have an Amazon Echo or Google Home speaker you will find us there Peter there is are the keys. handing me the keys he swallowed one I've got another couple I'm off now to have a sleep Peter has a time capsule to go and bury but we look forward to your company again next week bye for now